Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, May 22nd. Just one day left to go in this 2021 college tennis team season. It has been a phenomenal week of action here in Orlando. And look, I mentioned this at the start of the other podcast. I'm going to say it here again today. We're going unedited. No producers this weekend. Super producer Daniel Westoff taking a much-deserved weekend off to go hang with his friends, his family. Of course, super producer Max Fliegner doing the same. But that doesn't mean we don't have content and we don't have topics to discuss for, with, for and with all of you listeners. Of course, we had some drama go down yesterday in Orlando. UNC's 48-match winning streak officially snapped by the Pepperdine Waves. The Waves seem to be peaking at just the perfect moment here in this NCAA event. Of course, we also had the Texas Longhorns just continuing to blitz through everyone on their pathway to the national championship. Another result where they win doubles, six first sets. Of course, these Longhorns are probably the favorites entering this national championship match. And that's a scary thing to say, considering how many freshmen they have in their lineup. It's a testament to Coach Joffe, testament to what they are doing down in Austin. But of course, what we're going to do on this podcast, break down our two semifinals, preview the final, and then talk about the other big news. From the NCAA uh, world this week, we, of course, now have our individual draws out, singles and doubles for the men and women. And joining me on the podcast today to discuss it all, a person I honestly can't imagine uh, finding a better person, I should say, to discuss it all with a man as plugged into the college tennis universe as anyone. You know him now as a rising sophomore at Tulane University, my friend Alex Vanchilla-Banch. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Thanks, man. Thanks, man. You're going to make me blush. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm doing I'm doing well I'm excited to uh, thanks for having me once again I appreciate it and uh, excited to talk some more tennis no it's rare that we have a guest who immediately draws reaction and it's like bring that guy back on you are one of those guests and look my mother always said flatter them at the beginning then when you hit them with the hard truth they'll be a little bit more receptive to it so look I've got criticisms for you I think your open stance forehand could use some work but uh, no, I'm just messing with you uh, I, 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 I tend to agree with you on that one <laughs> Of course, but again, it is a pleasure, and I appreciate you taking the time to come back, because sincerely, when we're talking individuals, singles, doubles, uh, no one's more locked in than you, so we're going to get into that, but of course, uh, we're going to start, again, breaking down our semifinals, previewing the final. Of course, the reason we're able to do any of this day in, day out here at Cracked Rackets is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Patreon family, and again, If you are in Orlando here, coaches, players, fans, I've always got my white hat on. I've always got some sort of Cracked Rackets logo on my chest. Come say hello. I've been so grateful that so many of you have done so. I feel horrible. He probably doesn't listen to the podcast. Steven Armitage came up to me and said, hey, man, big fan of what you do. Appreciate everything you're doing for the tennis universe. And I had no idea who he was because he was behind a mask. Like, let's be clear. I would have recognized him. But I was, you know, so again, Steven, if you hear this, come say hello again so I can be like, holy shit, you're Steven Armitage. Like, let's talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of all things tennis. Um, But anyways, to all of you fans out there, if you're in Orlando, come say hello. All I do is talk tennis, so I would love to do it with as many people as I can. And then, of course, the other reason we're able to do this because of the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports, who I believe are now called Tennis Point, but that's a conversation for another time. Of course, if you need to update any of your equipment, you can find the best gear at the best prices by going to MidwestSports.com using that promo code CR15. You'll get 15% off your order, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls, MidwestSports.com, the 
promo code is CR15. With that in mind, let's get into it. And normally, we start chronologically, but anytime a 48-match win streak is snapped, that's going to be the topic we start with here on our podcast. And look, if you watch this North Carolina team, all season long. They dominated everyone. And even when they didn't have their full lineup, even when Alexa Graham stepped out, or even when Cam Mora, Elizabeth Scotty were dealing with various injuries, it didn't matter because you had an undefeated Fiona Crawley, an undefeated Riley Tran, a one-loss Annika Yarlagata, all able to step in. Of course, you've also got Davitella Jones. On paper, this team had everything, but we've had this conversation since the beginning of the year. There were other super teams out there who shockingly could match the heels stride for stride. And it's crazy to think that the Tar Heels were better positioned to win a national championship in 2020, bring everyone back in 2021, actually make some additions, and yet still may have had the gap narrowed just simply by who entered the college tennis universe. But look, that's exactly what we saw. And one of the teams we all circled at the beginning of the season, these Pepperdine waves. When you can add Shiori Fakuda, who is a number one singles player at Ohio State, All-American for them, and she's justifiably playing number four singles for your team. When you have returners like Jessica Fela and you know Ashley Leahy, when you can bring in the Tasha Pachkalevas of the world and Jassar, Redelik, Imachkine, all of the options these waves have, in, uh, on their roster, we knew North Carolina was going to be in for a battle no matter what. And I will say there was this talk on the Tennis Channel broadcast, or at least what I was told was that they called it the greatest upset of all time. That is hyperbole to the max. This was not the greatest upset of all time. Pepperdine came into this match knowing they can win it. And if you are an educated college tennis fan, you also probably knew that they could absolutely knock off the heels as well. That's exactly what they were able to do yesterday. They defeat UNC 4-3. They take the doubles point. And again, the big number I will continue to stress. Teams here in Orlando, 25-3 and now when they've won the doubles point. Let's just start there uh, when you look at this match, Bench, because, you know, again, both of these teams have played around with their doubles lineups all season long. But, you know, for... It started off uh, Imachkine, Fela, getting a 6-4 win over Sanford and Tran. I believe that's only Sanford and Tran's second loss of the season. And then, you know, Davitella, Mora, able to get a 6-4 victory over Zar and Leahy. But for Fakuda and Pachkaleva, who, you know, Jones and Scotty served for the doubles point. I believe they were up 5-4 in that set. And, you know, for Fakuda and Pachkaleva to come back, take that doubles point, that did, I, I even think Scotty and Jones may have had a match point uh, in that set. And just, it felt like once the waves got that, that doubles point that we had an upset brewing. I'm curious if you f- thought similarly and what your thoughts were on the doubles action. Uh, yeah, I agree with uh, what you said. I think, um, you know, uh, Riley Tran and Ali Sanford at, at three all year have been unbelievable. Um, I, I think it's honestly kind of cool that uh, the Tar Heels have, two girls that play with two hands on both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, seeing one in the tennis world is just, is a gem. And then to have two on one team is, is pretty special. So, um, you know, shout out to them, but uh, <laughs> Riley, uh, I had never really seen her play. I mean, she's two years younger than me, so I don't really know her at all. Um, and seeing her for the first time, actually in the Duke match in doubles, um, I don't know whether to call it her backhand or her forehand. Um, but her cross courts on both sides are extremely good, extremely good. Um, she hits the alley almost every single time when she goes cross. So I was a little surprised by that 
three doubles result, not going to lie, because also Allie Sanford also hits a very heavy ball um, and she's very active at net and has very good hands at net. So I think them as a pairing has been, has been great all season. So it, I mean, goes to show their second loss and you know, it, it happens, it, you know, you lose matches, whatever. But um, I thought, you know, I thought they played well. I think uh, Yamachkina also, I think just came back from injury. Um, she hasn't really been in the lineup at all this year. And then Jessica uh, Fela, um, I think has been playing well as of recently. So uh, credit to them. They, they got the job done over a, a very good uh, Riley Tran and Ali Sanford team. Um, at one, it was Cam Moore and Sarah Devotella, correct? Against mm-hmm. Leahy and... Um, Czar. Le- Leahy and Czar. Um, and it was, you know, Moore and Devotella got that one, correct? Mm-hmm. And right. you, to your point, Pepperdine came out firing. Like, I think they were up early breaks on all three, or uh, certainly on one and three. Um, and I think they were up 5-2 on Sanford and Tran. And yeah, I, I really like the way you say it. Tran, just so much depth, so much pace, and just angle on her ground strokes. And usually Sanford's able to just clean everything up at the net. And Imachkine and Fela uh, didn't let that happen. And it was just like, they jumped on him. And like, credit to them at that three doubles position. Sorry to cut you off. But I agree. I was, that was not a result. As good as Anastasia Imachkine is, and she's been not healthy all season long. And to get her back, I said this before, Clearly, Pepperdine was just pulling a fast one on all of us. They were like, no, 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 we'll peak when it's time. Like, we'll, we'll bring out the serious doubles team when it's time to do that. That was a huge win for them. But then, yeah, to your point, they were down an early break, but you knew Davitell and Moore weren't going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think Cam and uh, Sarah did a great job of bouncing back after the, the Duke match. I didn't think particularly they played that well. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of errors early on. Um, I think also... Was it Belokin and mm-hmm. and Chen? Uh, no, no, and, and uh, yeah, Chen, and, yeah, Chen and Chen, yeah. So Belokin, or maybe it's Chi, or maybe it's Chi that she plays with, because I yeah, think it's, it's Drummy and Chen. Yes, yes, yeah. uh, I think they they were doing a great job of staying in the long rallies. Um, mm-hmm. And going back to what you said about three doubles, I mean, that's what exactly what Yamachkin and Faela were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, staying in the long rallies with Tran and Sanford, which isn't easy by any means, mm-hmm. just from watching. So I think I think you know. Cameron and, and Sarah did a phenomenal job of bouncing back and, and taking that at one. And then at two was Shiori and, uh, Tasha, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Shiori and Pashkaleva against, uh, you know, McKenna and, and Scotty, who again, McKenna, they've lost McKenna, once. Exactly. McKenna, before McKenna, this, yeah. McKenna Jones and Elizabeth Scotty are very solid from the baseline. I think, I think McKenna has extremely clean technique off both sides, especially that forehand. I mean, you could tell that there was wind, Mm-hmm. And I mean, Shiori and Pachkaleva just pretty much resulted to playing singles on the doubles court. I mean, they were serving on Shiori's serve and, and Pachkaleva was staying back. To your point, the funniest part of that was then Fakuda would move forward. And like exactly. Pachkaleva was like, no, 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 I'm still going to stay back. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think watching that match, it's, it was kind of clear that Shiori was more comfortable in that. I mean, the, the important points that they won, uh, which I think was a match point, and then also a deuce point, I, I believe, at five all, mm-hmm. was because of Shiori's poach and mm-hmm. just was able to you know, shove it down their throats. But the, the rallies that I thought were extremely interesting were the Pachkalev in the back, in the backhand corner, and McKenna in, in the forehand going straight ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not an easy pattern because the second you pull the ball slightly in i mean shiori was cheating hard 
hard and, and was and was because she just felt like she knew whether you know McKenna was either going to go line or lob cross she just wasn't afraid of what McKenna was doing at the baseline like yeah. that was the biggest thing and same deal Scotty had a couple down the lines that she knew like she saw she she uh, poaching over and, and uh, leaking over and just missed the ball in the net or missed it just long and again that's where the lack of rhythm for Elizabeth Scotty, who's dealt with injuries all season long, it it came to bite the heels in the derriere. And like, I'm trying not to swear because we don't have an editor, but it bit them in the ass. Like it really yeah. did. And look, McKenna's so solid from the baseline, but you're right. There was just more firepower from the Pepperdine team. Yeah, I think a, a little bit of going to your point about Elizabeth Scotty. I mean, it's unfortunate for her. She's she's a phenomenal player, mm-hmm. uh, has done really well for for Carolina. And, you know, she's she, she hits a hard ball, man. She does all of these UNC girls. I mean, I was lucky enough that they, they hit with me like a year ago um, <laughs> for, for a practice or two. And I mean, her, Cam Mora, Ali Sanford, they, they hit the shit out of the ball. They really do. <laughs> they really do. And I know a lot of the tennis channel commentators were talking about Cam Mora and how hard she hits. She does. It, <laughs> it's a, it's a unique sound that comes off the racket when she hits it. And, you know, she, I guess puts her entire body into those double-handed, you know, backhand, mm-hmm. forehand. I, I really don't know what to call them, so I'm sorry if I'm butchering it. But um, the two-handers, yeah, yeah, the, no, two, the, two, the two-handers, sure. Um, but you know, I think and McKenna. I mean, she's. I don't think she was a power hitter in that doubles match just because of the wind and stuff. But I mean, ve- extremely solid. Like she was, she was playing into the wind. Great. The wind was coming from the right to the left uh, when she was near the camera, and she was just, you know, you could see the ball curve. It was going in the in the alley, and then it would yeah. end up landing right by the line. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then well, I felt when she got Pachkaleva in that in that down the line pattern when Pachkaleva was hitting backhand, I thought McKenna was in a really good spot. Mm-hmm. And then she would able she was able to you know kind of get Shiori off the net, or even you know kind of change the pattern after she got after she'd get bored going line. She'd be all right. I'm going to go lob cross, and then that would allow for Elizabeth to to cross. And I think the one time Elizabeth crossed is was the right decision I think everyone said that I just think it was a hair late and she ended up missing the volley into, into the tape um and I think I'm sure that's one she'd, she'd want back but again I think they it was very good doubles all around especially from the UNC team I mean like I said Shiori and Pashkaleva I felt like we're playing singles from the baseline and then you know when Shiori would come in that's when you know they would they would be able to win points, but you'd feel like the rallies were never ending with, you know, McKenna in the back, Elizabeth at net. She, Elizabeth was trying her best to do what she could, but I think Pashkalev was just doing a great job of keeping the ball away from them. So mm-hmm. in the end, you know, the Waves got it done. Uh, I think, honestly, due to Pashkalev's solidness from the back and also Shiori just just poaching and closing. No, 100%. And I did, the way Pashkalev takes balls early, and she does hit flat, but her forehand, it's almost like an Eastern grip, and she's just able to take that ball and redirect it with pace. Again, I, I agree, but let's be clear. The doubles point was on UNC's racket. They sure. absolutely had the chance to take doubles, and if they do, they win this match. And, you know, when they didn't, now you think, oh, no, like good luck finding four singles victories against this Pepperdine team. And I'll start out with the singles to say, and people know this, you know, Alexa Graham's my girl, Sarah Davitella. That's my girl. I call her the goat all the time because whenever she needs to, she just doesn't lose straight up. And those two came out fucking swinging at the number one and two position. I apologize for the swearing, but they really <laughs> did like they, they did. And it's just Graham beat Fela two and three. Like, and I, I sent out this tweet. It was like, I felt like Carolina was going to go up three, one. And then that lead was just going to slowly evaporate. And, you know, 
Graham was just, she wasn't losing. She just wasn't losing to Jessica Fela. Fela couldn't really hurt her. And it, the match was on Graham's racket. The energy Graham was playing with, it was contagious. That's why she's Alexa freaking Graham. And, you know, straight set victory for her. First point on the board for Pepperdine. Then, you know, Fiona Crawley doesn't lose. Once again, she goes down 2-0 in the, in the match against Nikki Redelick. She wins 12 of the next 13 games. Uh, excuse me, 12 of the next 14 games uh, for a 6-3, 6-1 victory. That was point number two. And then... Look, Davitella Leahy, that's a great matchup. And Leahy's struggled with a bunch of injuries this season. She's not playing her best singles right now, which is why I still think this Pepperdine team has another gear that they can hit in the final. And that's a really scary thought for any of their opponents. But look, just on the North Carolina side, they weren't going anywhere, right? It was like those three, you you knew Carolina was going to find their push. That's where it came. It came from the seniors and the superstar freshmen. And then, you know, it was so interesting because, Scotty went up, I think, 2-0 in the set at four yeah. singles, and then 3-0 in the second set against Fakuda at four singles. But Shiori just – Scotty's a little bit injured. You could tell her rhythm wasn't quite there. She Once Shiori was able to really find her bearings in both of those sets, I mean, she ripped off six straight games on both occasions. And then, you know, it was 3-2. And look, these teams split the first sets three apiece. Czar, McKenna were battling at four. That first set – you could just tell. I guess let's start there. That Because it was three sets for UNC. They took it one, two, and six. Two first sets at four and five for Pepperdine. That first set tiebreaker between Cam Mora and Tasia Pachkaleva, you could tell in the moment. It was everything. If Mora wins that breaker, now Carolina's back in the driver's seat. If she doesn't, Pepperdine's in the driver. Like, good luck coming back when you've dropped three first sets against Pepperdine. And again, uh, curious uh, what you think. Again, of the performance, Pachkaleva Mora. Uh, let's let's just start there. That first set breaker, how important that was, and just the gauntlet of being down doubles in three first sets. How tough that is to come back for from, particularly an NCAA semifinal. Yeah, I mean, look, I think uh, Cameron. Yeah, just give was... me all your thoughts on the singles. All right, as well. all right, yeah, sounds good. So I'll, we'll start with three. Why not? Um, yeah. So Cameron in her last match, I saw a little bit of the Duke match. She played Chloe Beck, correct? Yeah. And she struggled. I, I think, I think Chloe Beck came out playing well and, and Cam, I think it's no secret. Everyone saw she didn't, she didn't play her best, but I was very impressed. And I thought she did an unbelievable job of coming into this match and just spreading the court really well. I thought she was hitting Pachkaleva off the court in the sense of getting angles and getting openings for her to then take her mm-hmm. one of her two handers line or, you know, wherever she had a lot of a lot of court to work with so I really thought that you know I mean Pashkaleva don't get me wrong hanging around hitting missiles whatever flat so I, I can't imagine it was super easy for Cameron to do that but I thought I'm also pretty sure Moore had a set point at 5-4 deuce uh yes it's possible mm-hmm. um and so I thought I thought Cam did a really good job of of, of just you know kind of like I said spreading the court and I, I guess you know credit to Pashkaleva for sticking around I mean you know like you said uh, set point at five four deuce but also just at the beginning of that set I really was looking at those few first games and I was like damn Cam, Cam's all over this one right mm-hmm. um and then yeah like I said I think you you get one one tight set and then it's easy to run away with it in the second but it's also as easy to lose focus so I think it was a few tight games at the beginning in the second Pachkaleva got you know a little more fortunate um played I think some of the points a little bit better than Cam mm-hmm. um and I don't think cam's level was as high in the second as it was in the in the, in the first mm-hmm. so i think that had some something to do with it but you know cam fought all the way till the end so i mean credit credit to her she 
she I think what she saved the match point at two five or two or two match points mm-hmm. and then you know tried to try to serve it out Pashkaleva played a few good points so that that was that but um going back to what you said about Davitella and and you know Sarah and Alexa um I thought it was a little insulting what the commentator said about uh Sarah um so they were basically saying you know she's a she's a smaller player of stature mm-hmm. um and doesn't have that much power that just means they've never watched her play it, that's I mean, all that says. I mean, dude, like the she's girl, the goat. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Is, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, but like, did she? She rips her backhand. I mean, she that thing is flat. Takes every ball early, right? Flat, every ball early. Yeah, flat deep. I mean, she has very similar strokes on both the backhand and forehand side. Mm-hmm. But she just takes that backhand and just hammers it cross court. Like I was, I was surprised what they said. And you know, going to Alexa against Georgia Drummy from Duke. I thought Alexa had a hard time controlling the points. She did a phenomenal job of sticking around in the rallies and scrapping balls back and, you know, making Georgia play that extra ball. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, she saved what two match points against Georgia in the second at five, four, 40, 30 or five, four uh, deuce. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, went on to win the second set. So I think that also was a massive, you know, catalyst in that match. But uh, in this you know, I think she did a great job of obviously knowing her opponent was Fela. I mean, she's, she's a, a, a grinder. She'll put a lot of balls in, you know, she'll, she'll try to outsmart you and stuff. So I think Alexa did a great job of taking it to her. Um, I think Fela started to do a better job towards the end of the first set of being a little more aggressive, but I just don't think that's necessarily her comfort zone. So I think Alexa was playing a, a, a level that was enough for Jessica to feel that, you know, listen, I have to go for more than I'm used to. And mm-hmm. I just don't think that, that was sustainable in the moment. Uh, I think, like I said, Alexa played a fantastic match and, you know, hence the six, two, six, three score, uh, going on to, let's go to six. I mean, Fiona Crawley, uh, again, girl that I don't really know. She could play one next year for Carolina. Yeah. Straight I mean, up. Sure. I mean, I don't know how, you know, who else is still there and who's staying or whatever. Or Maura what Scotty back. Yeah. But All still. Right. yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think, uh, I think she's definitely done extremely well for them this year. I mean, she hasn't mm-hmm. lost a match. Yeah. Um, and going down two zero, I think it was two zero. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know if Nikki was serving or not, but I, I looked at that score and I was like, bro, she's going to like rail off like 12 games in a row. And win <laughs> I mean, not, nothing away, away from Nikki. I just hundred no, percent. Fiona, Fiona, from what I saw, she's a great mover, moves really well on court, um, and she hits she hits the ball hard, but she also hits it deep. That's exactly yes, yes, it's, yes. It's kind of a lethal combination when you're hitting mm-hmm. it hard and deep. You know, the way you want to beat people is with either pace or you know placement or whatever. She does it with kind of both. Yeah. And when she's also moving well and kind of sliding some balls and digging balls back and whatever, I, I guess it becomes intimidating. For we can just say it. She's fucking good. Like yeah, she no, just she is. is. She can no, do she a little of everything. Like I said, I don't, I don't know her or the, her game style that well, but she's obviously doing something right. So credit to her for that. And, and, you know, getting that quick point on the board for UNC, I think was, was massive. And then mm-hmm. Lisa Zar and, and McKenna, I think, you know, I don't think McKenna played as well as she did in the Duke match. Uh, against Mabel Chi. Um, but I also think Lisa did a good job of, you know, kind of taking it to her. Like I said, and there's a lot of matches in just in this tournament in general where the the matches aren't necessarily lost or won by one one or the other. So I think Lisa did a good job, you know, getting that break in the first set. And then I don't know I don't remember if it was one or or two breaks in the second. But uh, you know, I think it got a little tight towards the end with some 30 all points, deuce points. So she did a good job there of, you know, consolidating and finishing that match and then 
Shuri and Elizabeth, I watched the beginning of that match, saw Elizabeth go up 2-0, um, and I just think it was, a, it was a matchup thing. I Like you said, I don't know. We don't know if Elizabeth has had that much rhythm with her injuries as, a, as of lately and stuff, but uh, like I said, man, she hits the she hits the shit out of the ball. She does, and it's it's clean. It's it's consistent too. Um, can't say I was the most comfortable in those rallies with her when I when I hit with her, and it was <laughs> it was it was it was kind of it's kind of scary and seeing it on TV, seeing it, the depth as well. Um, but I feel like if it was going to be one person that on the on the Pepperdine team that was going to kind of de- derail Elizabeth was I thought it was going to be sure. I think Shuri moves very well gets a lot of balls back, slides to a lot of balls, um, and then kind of neutralizes as well. So I guess she did a good job of that, um, you know, coming down from 0-2 to win pretty much 6-0, and then mm-hmm. sec- same thing in the second set. Uh, I think it was a little bit windy as well, which kind of helps Shuri um, a little. But, I mean, like I said, credit to credit to both teams, honestly. I mean, they, they're fantastic players at UNC. I mean, I personally thought that, the team that was going to snap if they were going to snap this streak would have been Texas. Yeah. As the tournament started and got to round of 16, I thought slowly that Pepperdine might have a chance. Mm-hmm. I never called it because again, I mean, UNC is 48 in a row, yeah. 48, 48 and Oh, for a reason. I hadn't lost a match in what two years, essentially mm-hmm. for a reason, like I said. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, you know, good, good job for Pepperdine. I mean, they have a quick turnaround going into it today. Um, but yeah, and both teams are great. UNC's there's yeah. a reason. I, I think if one team's going to do it again, it's going to be them to have this, yeah. this streak. No. And to, to put a bow on this 48 straight wins four, three national indoor championships, uh, five finals, um, multiple NCAA semifinals. I'm telling you, if there was an NCAA tournament in 2020, North Carolina is winning it. That's not an if, that's not a maybe. That I know it's speculation, but they're winning it. They were so much better than everyone during the 2020 season, and it wasn't particularly close. To see the emotion, I'm going to try not to cry here. I'm not going to cry, don't worry. But to see the emotion from the seniors, Davitella, Graham, Jones, Sanford, after the match, and just the disappointment on their faces, and from Moore and Scotty and all of these players to not be able to deliver for their seniors. It was crushing. Like yeah, I did tear up. It was horrible. Like just, uh, and like you wonder again, this is what makes college tennis so special is that emotion and just the commitment from all of these players. You're actually for the one time in tennis, not just doing it for yourself. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And what this Carolina program over these past five years, what this senior class of Graham Davitella Jones and Sanford have meant to women's college tennis, it's immeasurable. And just, they deserve all of the praise they've ever received. It's devastating that they don't have the national championship or a national, even an NCAA final that this group certainly deserves. And that was crushing. But the flip side now, because we've talked a lot about Carolina, it's time to talk about these Pepperdine waves, to your point. They're peaking. They've won the doubles point in all three. And by the way, I'm stealing peaking from you. That's 100% going to be one of the phrases I use moving forward. They have won all three doubles points. After being, I'm going to be, be honest, bad at doubles this year not like okay they were straight up bad at doubles throughout the season and I mean the numbers reflect that fact there you look overall at the stats 10 and 4 at one doubles 13 and 9 at two doubles 14 and 7 at three for a team that's 22 and 3 overall that's bad like and coach Nils- uh, Nelson came on this podcast and Pear was like look we're happy to skip doubles we'll go down 1-0 let's just get to the singles because it's honestly not worth it for us and to see them do this the insertion of Imachkine in the lineup and just 
it's incredible. And then look, Lisa Zar was horrible in her first two matches here in Orlando. You know, she was down big. She lost to UCLA. Uh, she lost to Abby Altick, who just beat her on that day. And she was about to lose to Olivia Jones for Michigan. She performed like absolutely performed. And it felt like McKenna Jones was going to come back. And McKenna Jones was down big in that second set. She gets it back to three, four actually has breakpoint chances to level it off at four all. And you were just wondering if Jones can get us to a third set, you start to feel this North Carolina team can win this match because they've got the senior, the former number one player in the country in Jones versus the second year freshman in Lisa Zar. But Lisa Zar came out swinging today. She played her best match. There's a reason she's only lost twice this season. Six, four, six, three victory for her at five. I already mentioned it. She, she's been excellent. And the insertion of her that to get a great, you know, a, a senior who's not going to be rattled by the moment, who has fit into this Waves culture like a hand in a glove. I mean, two and three over Scotty and just the commands, the go Waves, the energy she provides. She's always positive, even when things aren't going her way. It's all you want out of your senior. That's all you can ask for from a number four singles player. Somehow she's number four. I'll never understand that. Well, you can't understand it in this lineup. And then Depatch Kaleva. Look, she goes up, what, 5-0, 5-1, 5-1 in that second set. And all eyes turn to her. And, you know, A, for her to even get that first set was a huge swindle for Pepperdine. And then just, you know, she drops the two games, but she was a champ when she got that final, you know, to to close it out for 6-3, playing big, taking the Mora serve early, being aggressive with her return, that flat forehand down the line, just getting into the body of Cam Mora. And just, you know, she mixed in some drop shots as well, just kept Mora so uncomfortable. She was outstanding. And like, again, Pepper, this isn't a North Carolina blinked and they lost this match. Pepperdine took it to them, right? Pepperdine earned this win. And now, you know, 22 and three, they're going to have the test of all tests. They're going to take on these Texas Longhorns. And we can talk about their match now. Another 4-0 victory for them over uh, NC State. And look, it was 4-0. NC State, when they lost at doubles point in Smith, Rogers, Collins, and Lulu Sun, they traded a couple of breaks. And it was early break for Texas. Then Rogers and Smith got it back. And then Collins and Sun got it back. 6-4 decision there. And then, look, when you can have... Peyton Stearns at three doubles. You're probably feeling good about yourself every time. And her and Shabbatapan deliver a 6-4 win. I mean, you almost just can't afford to drop the doubles point. Because second time in a row, this Texas team take doubles and six first sets. They've done that in not just like in a regular, regular season match. They've now done that against Florida State and NC State in the, I'm going to swear again, in the fucking quarterfinals and semifinals of the NCAA tournament. Like, again, you know these players, Manchilla. How good is this Texas team? I mean, I, like it's I silly. Said, I, yeah, no, I, I grew up playing juniors with a lot of them. So I, I saw their, I guess, progression in a way. I mean, some closer than others. I mean, Peyton Stearns from the Midwest. I grew up in Chicago. So I saw her at some tournaments, practice with her when I was younger. I mean, she, there's no other way to put it, but she kind of plays like a guy. Um, and I don't mean for that to sound sexist in any way. I just feel like her strokes they're just they just look very like you know big and 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 and, and powerful and they are they, they 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 really are and so I think she did a good job of taking care of business at line one I mean was it one and two two and one yeah one and two she beat Rogers yeah. who yeah. did not have the best NCAA tournament but this win had to do with Peyton Stearns it had nothing yeah. to do with Anna Rogers exactly and then at two is Anna Tarati mm-hmm. yep. fifth year returning senior um I mean she's from what I know she's a warrior I mean she's yeah. just I don't know if she's, I can't remember if she's the, if both Tarotis have one handed backhands or if she yeah. has two, but no, like, she's got a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she, 
she's good. I mean, she's scrappy. So I think she played uh, Alana Smith, correct? Yes. Alana Smith is clean. Yeah. Alana Smith is her forehand pop smooth, powerful. She senses the court. Well, she has good touch. She comes to net, which you don't really see a lot. Uh, in uh in division one women's tennis you just don't but she just seems very comfortable very coming. decisive is the word exactly. i always say with exactly Smith. exactly and then lulu's son at oh. three that's that's a you know lefty she's she, okay can quickly because you look in this match and lulu's son went unfinished it's funny but i'm just i've been waiting to have this conversation with someone i lulu's son you look for her this year she's 20 and two overall 14 and one at the three singles position i mean she was up a set and on serve in the second i think she's ridiculous like i i am such a fan of lulu's son's game yeah, no, uh, for sure. She's, you know, she's, I think she's also kind of crafty. Yeah. But I also think she's just very solid. She knows to play within herself. She knows what to do, when to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think she's the most well rounded player in the Texas lineup. Yeah. I also, yeah. to actually, to counter that, I think Charlotte, Charlotte Shavatipan also. Who earns the three and two win at four, by the way? It was doubles one, four, and six for the Longhorns. Make the Shavatipan case. I'm actually yeah. very interested. No, in I mean, this. I saw, I remember seeing her in juniors. I always thought that she, like, again, someone that I think is just, very crafty like she just she can slice she hits a nasty kick serve she she can rip from the baseline she can pretty much do everything she likes coming to net mm-hmm. so i think man i don't know man i don't know about I, no credit away from lewis sun fantastic yeah. player but i just think you know charlotte just kind of just has got it all and it's then a fair at, case yeah and then at you know good for her i mean she won what three and two quickly yeah, you said exactly um so that's that's great for her and everything great, was quick yeah. in this texas match yeah and then Kylie Collins at five. Joke. That's, well, some will call that a cheat code. I mean, <laughs> dude, her she's got some pretty big strokes as well from not only from the power side, but also from just the way they look. They're very loopy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so quick question for you. Would you rather have Shavatapan Collins at four and five or Aragoni Weirsholm at five and six? <laughs> nah, dude, that's. That's a good question because, like, it that's is, the comp is, for them, it is, right? But it is, but it's also like two different teams, two different. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Longhorns for now. All right, I, agree, I like I can't disagree <laughs> yeah, with you. Yeah, that's the crazy uh, part. So, no, Kylie Collins has also been done done very well for the for the Longhorns this year. So, credit to her. Um, she again another girl that kind of knows her game. Knows, mm-hmm. I mean, her game is to rip, and yeah. she does, and she does it without missing which is annoying for everyone that she's placed. You know, when she's on, like, how do you beat her? Mm-hmm. You don't. Simple as that, you don't. Especially uh, at five. Yeah, especially, especially at five. And I'm not surprised if next year with, I don't know how many seniors are leaving and how, what impact that has, but not surprised if I see her playing higher. Mm-hmm. You know, if Ana Tarati leaves and everyone slides down or whatever it is, not surprised if she's playing higher by any means. I think you could, that's, that's someone that you can put in at multiple places in the lineup. Her upside does seem about as high as, and maybe even higher than some of the players playing above her. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. And then six was Rapalu, who Rapalu, earns the yes. clinch six, three, yes. six, one. I think she's a very solid player. Very solid. Rock, player. So that's that your, is. that's your textbook six and yeah. like in the best possible fashion. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you. And look, obituary is too strong of a word, but to put a bow on this NC state season, this group was special. Like yeah. so, so special Rogers, Smith, Remy, Daniel, Rochelle, Kerberla. They deserve to be in the, in the semifinals. And again, this is a team who would have done this last year as well. And just this group, I think Rogers and Smith can very much win the doubles tournament. I think Daniel and Remy are really, really good as well. And just, I mean, they just ran into a buzzsaw and like, 
with all due respect to Jada Daniel, like Shavatapan just could handle her pace and could handle her because Jada Daniel lefty going to play very aggressive game style. She tried to take it to Shavatapan, but she just didn't have big enough weapons to hurt her. And like, no, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. And to your point, I mean, I think, you know, she, Charlotte did a great job of, it's kind of windy. It's always windy there during the day. Yeah, it's, it's half it's the fun, kind of, right? It kind of, yeah, it kind of dies down towards the end, up, mm-hmm. uh, except for maybe like two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it's like windy, it gets picks up. And then there's two Charlotte, things. It's going to be really windy until 5 p.m. And then at 11.15, it's always going to rain for 10 minutes. Exactly. Uh, which mm-hmm. causes which causes a 35-minute rain delay. Which means I'm not eating dinner. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I think Charlotte did a good job of using the wind and kind of like her craftiness and just I mean, that's the perfect matchup against someone that's going to try and power through, you know, changing up, changing it up, changing the heights, the spins, the depths and stuff. I think mixing up her serve as well. She did a good job of that. Like I said, I'm a big fan of her kick serve. I think it's, it's, it's really good bounces high. So credit, credit to her and you know, just credit to, to uh, Howard Joffe and Taylor Fogelman. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've done a fantastic job this year and uh, last year's as well last year too. Mm-hmm. So credit to them and, you know, best of luck in the final to both. Yeah, and, and speaking of that final now, you look at the numbers again by power UTR, Texas, pretty strong favorite. They've got 1.5 or 1.51 over them in the power six. And, you know, Stearns is a 0.1 favorite, but the real problem is at the bottom of the lineup by UTR. At least Sun's a 0.5 favorite, Shavatapan 0.25, Collins 0.28, Rapalu 0.45. And yet, I think those UTRs are a little bit extreme. Like, I do think. And with all due respect to Nikki Redelick, I think Texas enters as the favorite at number six singles. And, you know, again, given the form of Leahy, you can maybe say that at number one as well, but just like, oh my gosh, there might be, and I say this in the, in the, in an affectionate way. If there's a scrap on court number two, if Fela and Tarati get after it with one another, like expect that because that's how great they are as competitors. Those are two people you're never going to take anything away from either of them, and you're going to have to rip them off the court if you want them to lose that match. And again, you know, I think Fakuda, like the, to say Fakuda's always, she's been the rock for Pepperdine, right? And to have her at four, it's a luxury, but like she's got to take out Shavatapan, who is unfreaking believable. That's, that's going to be, I mean, that match alone. Fireworks. Fireworks. And yeah, like that. Czar Collins, talk about a contrast of styles. Like that's everything you want as well. And then again, of course, Pashkaleva just delivered the clinch, but she's got Lulu's son now. And it's just. Again, your thoughts on this match? I'm, I'm going to ask for a prediction as well. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll start with the bottom of the lineup. I mean, I think uh, Texas is six, and um, you know Pepperdine. I mean, Nikki, Nikki. I think they played similar styles. In all honesty, watching both matches yesterday, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Nikki's very solid. I think you know, obviously, it's a tough task to play Fiona Crawley, which Fiona showed why. But now it's also a different matchup. I don't know if uh, Texas is six is going to be able to have the same power and depth, not take anything away from, from her and stuff. I think she's a, she's a great player as well, very solid within herself. But I think it's going to be a very interesting match. It's going to be a lot of contrast of, of styles, but also a lot of styles kind of clashing. You know, five, Lisa Zarr and um, Kylie Collins. I mean, Kylie is obviously going to be the one that's ripping the ball harder, in my opinion. And then Lisa will try and, you know, kind of keep that in neutral or get, get on offense herself. Four, I mean, Shiori and Charlotte, that's – that's a nasty match, dude. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say for that. I think, I think Shiori's also riding a wave of confidence right now. I mean, having cl- clinched against UCLA and then beating Elizabeth Scotty 
yesterday, which is for anyone, for anyone in college tennis and, and, and women's would be a massive confidence booster. Um, and to do it the way she did, I think she'll be going into this match feeling very, very, you know, confident, but I also think Charlotte as well. I mean, she's been doing well. Uh, her game style might contrast well to Shiori's. Uh, Lulu's son and Pachkaleva, that's not another popcorn match. I mean, Pachkaleva is going to, you know, try and hit through Lulu, I'm sure. Um, Lulu does a good job of absorbing and kind of moving the ball around using her lefty spins. Two, Jessica Fela and Ana Tarati, that's, I mean, that's, the same. It's is, ridiculous. That not, is that not the same? Is that not the same like player essentially? Maybe Ana Tarati comes to net a little more. Which is, I would say Tarati just plays more slice. That's yeah, the difference. Okay, it's okay, a little yeah. bit more variety yeah. than Fela. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a different match for uh, Fela today than it was yesterday against mm-hmm. Alexa Graham, who quite honestly was powering her off the court. Yeah, it just was better. Don't know what. Don't know if that's going to be the case today. I think it's going to be very interesting to see the way she handles the, the Tarati slice and just you know both of them getting to a lot of balls. Um, and then at one, I, I think it's going to be battle of the power. I mean, I think Leahy, I don't like, she's older than me. I don't know her as a player that much. I just saw her a little bit this week, but I mean, she, she and Peyton Stearns, like they, they might need a new can of ball halfway, a ball halfway, <laughs> through, halfway through the first set. I mean, yeah, it's an was, over under 10 and a half tennis balls. Used. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was quite, uh, quite impressed with, with how hard, you know, Leahy yesterday was also matching Sarah because mm-hmm. I think that's you know, a tough task to do. And, you know, same thing going against Peyton Stearns. I mean, Peyton hits the shit out of the ball too. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of power, a lot of maybe winners, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, The prediction. Four, three, who? Four, three, who is the question? 25 Uh, and three is the team that went, that's won the doubles point. I always like to throw that stat out there. You're just going to take X and doubles and roll with it. Um, I'll, um, I'm going to go with, hmm, this is a great I, Well, this is again, and the worst part for me now is when I make predictions, these coaches come up to me afterwards and they're like, we heard you. And I'm like, no, I, I no, you didn't. I swear that wasn't me. That was, that was, uh, that was Cliff Paul. That wasn't Alex Gruskin. That was, you know, my alter ego. Yeah. I'm going to go. I don't know, man. I, I just, I got a feeling. I'm going to, I'm going to go with the waves. Oh, that's what every, so. That's know. the consensus right now. There's a lot of waves love. There is a lot of waves love. And I'm not going to lie. I was feeling very, very similar. Like, it's just so hard to pick a team with, what, five freshmen in the lineup yeah. or whatever it is for these Texas Longhorns. And it just feels like this Pepperdine team caught fire at the right time. And they've got – it's not just that they caught fire. It's that they've got the talent as well. Yeah, I think I think Texas has had uh, – you know, they've been, they've been kind of steamrolling everyone they've played mm-hmm. this week. And so that's good for them and stuff. And, you know, going into the final, they're probably hoping they know they're not going to get it, but they're hoping that it's another steamroll. But Pepperdine has had, you know, th- four, three match with UCLA, four, mm-hmm. three match with UNC, knocking off the number one team in the country, the 48 matches in a row, th- them being the ones that snapped the streak. I just think there's something a little special about that. And I'm sure the waves feel the same way. Um, and going into that, I'm sure they're going to carry all that momentum and all that confidence. And that's the, that's, I think that's the only reason why, why I'd say waves. I think, you know, I respect both teams and all their players. I mean, very, very good players. So I'm just going to lean Pepperdine just because of the two, four, three loss, four, three wins they've had in a row, the way they've been able to bounce back with doubles. Um, so yeah. Uh, now I have to make a pick too, as well. 
Hmm. I think I picked Pepperdine on a different podcast. So if I pick Texas here, I've hedged my bets, which is what I do best. Our Crack Rackets listeners know. <sighs> They've won doubles in six first sets in their last two matches, and we're like writing them off. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. But at the same time, this, te- this Pepperdine team does feel a little bit team of destiny-ish. Like it, yeah. it really does. And like, Texas can do this next year and it's cool. The death. I just think Pepperdine, I mean, not to say that Texas isn't going to play desperate, but I think that's what we're going to see. There's going to be a desperation from this Pepperdine team that I just don't know. I mean, to beat UCLA, North Carolina, four, three back to back. And then to, you know, it's not like there were long three set matches as well. They were all straight setters. So physically, I don't think that's an issue. Yeah. Fuck it. Pepperdine four three. I agree with you. Like again, if Texas wins, I'm, we're probably going to look like idiots. They're going to take doubles and six first sets once again. It's Listen, it's it's very it's very tough for me to 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 go against the Longhorns because just of the way they've steamrolled and stuff. But I just like you said, I think if Pepperdine were to cap off this dream week with the cherry on top and winning the way they have, it just makes sense. That's the narrative. It exactly, makes sense. Exactly. Like, no ch- no way am I writing off Texas because what they've been doing is there's been a reason mm-hmm. they've been demolishing their their teams there's, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they've been destroying the, the competition thus far this week th- th- that's the only reason i'm going pepperdine just because it cap off a dream week you know 100 mm-hmm. but all right with that in mind i'm going to ask you for your men's prediction at the very end i do want to talk about the individuals and we're not going to break it. down all 32 yeah. first round singles matches we're not going to break down all the individual doubles matches as well but i do want to start just kind of field by field Top five contenders is that I didn't ask you. I should have given you this assignment beforehand. Just, I guess, oh, look, the headliners, obviously, Kingsley versus Blumberg first. Like, you want to talk about the rankings making a difference? There it is in a nutshell. Yeah, it's a such, joke. Such it's a joke. Un- such an unfortunate. Or how about Alistair Cookerman? Like, that's no fun. Uh, in- indoors rematch, huh? Yeah, exactly. Or Spice, uh, Spiceman, uh, excuse me, Spaziri versus uh, Monday, or like Galarno versus Bride. Or I Axel mean. McNally, I mean, come well, on. Well, that, dude. I think they've earned that match. Um, I, you know, that match, everything's just out, just a little bit out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. you know, or like, I mean, even Monsi Zink, I'm in on that one. Yeah, um, just, Tyler and see if that's... Yeah, that's, just Riffis versus Ponwith. Like, that might quietly actually be the best matchup of the first round. Braswell versus DeCamps. There's a lot of good matchups. Of course, shout out to my guy, Jamungus Johnson from FGCU as well. That's who I'm going to be rooting for. I think all of you should as well. Um, your thoughts on the individual, the draw, who you're leaning towards. Just Oh, the Doc versus Duarte Valley, Vonder Schulenberg versus Valle. That's an excellent match yeah. as well. Just give me your thoughts. Give me your thoughts on this single. Should I give my top, my top five now or at the end? Uh, both. Work them in. Work them in. All right. So, I mean, I'll start just at the top of the draw, just kind of skimming over that. I mean, McNally and, and Draxel, it's going to be – it's going to be a great match. I think mm-hmm. McNally, like I, like I've said in, in our previous podcast, I think, dude, when he's on, it's tough to beat him. He's got, I think he's got a great serve, great service motion, a lot of pop to it, both first and second serve. And when he finds forehand is dangerous. Uh, Liam, on the other hand, massive fighter, just massive. And especially if it's going to be windy, which I'm assuming it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of like, Liam Liam's like stomping grounds he likes that you know he's going to be scrappy he's going to get a lot of balls back he's going to put McNally in a lot of uncomfortable uh, situations so you know I think it's a toss-up dude I, I really I really think it's a toss-up I, I don't know what to say for that and then you know 
Blumberg and, and Canada. That's just such an unfortunate first round. Like this is, that's more like a quarterfinal semifinal matchup rather than like a, a first round. Um, I think if Blum is healthy, which I hope he is, um, big fan. Let me answer that question. He is healthy. And I was okay, talking that's... to him and he's not only healthy, he looks fit. And I'm not trying to be weird. Like saying, Oh, he looks yeah, great. Yeah. Like he's got a great ass on him. Like that's not what I'm <laughs> trying to say here. Blum's my guy, but like, you know, I think he's under, he was telling me he's under 180 for the first time since he was like 16 years old. And you can just tell he's kind of in that mindset of, Oh man, it's time for me to be a professional tennis player. It's time for me to take my body as seriously as I do everything else. He's my pick. I'm just going to yeah. say it straight up. That's my pick to win it. But again, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, oh, yeah, I think I'm, a, I'm just a big fan of the way he plays. I he really... Koba 6-4 in a practice set yesterday. I watched he did? it. He, he had like 17 break points as well. It honestly should oh have been God. a bagel. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of him. I think I think the way he, he, he would be able to neutralize Kingsley's power, I think, is just something that not a lot of people will be able to do, especially with the windy conditions. Kind of a similar thing to, to Draxel and McNally. Um, so... You know, then Spazieri on Monday. God, they played. They played at indoors. Elliot was up four three, and then forty fifteen on Monday's serve in the first set, and then Monday kind of ran away with that. I think it was like six and four. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another unfortunate first round. Kukerman and Gray. I think I'm going to give the edge to to Kukerman just mm-hmm. just because it's outdoors. He's been playing some good tennis, man. Oh, he, really he looks has. fit as he's in the Blumberg category. Those are two yeah. guys who are like, oh, it's time for us to be pros now. Yeah, um, and then. You know, my Riffis and Ponwith, I don't know exactly how Ponwith's been playing this season. I know he's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's going to be a, a tough a tough first-round match um, for either of them. You know, Tyler and Steeps, I think they've only played once before at Tulsa to uh, 2019. Uh, and Steeps won like 6-3 in the third. Um, so that was, you know, I think that's, that's a toss-up as well. I think, you know, I mean, Steeps has had a great year. Tyler has played well his last few matches, maybe hasn't won them, but he's been playing well. So I really think that there's a lot of first rounds that are toss-ups, but now I'm going to go with my top five. Lay it on um, me. So in order of who I think will win or just top five in general, just so I know. Ooh, give me order. Give me order. All right. All right. But start at the top. Start at the top. All right. Start I'll the start. Top. I'll start Cause I feel like top. that's a little easier, right? All right. I think I'm going to go just because I know how he is when he plays at his best mm-hmm. and how scary that is and he's our guy here it I'm is i'm gonna go with kova yeah that's a good i'm pick. gonna go with kova he's 1b for me if blumberg's 1a he's 1b yeah then i'm gonna go with blumberg mm-hmm. just because I, I think the guy's unreal yeah uh, Sir forehand are better than everyone else's in college like just respectfully yes um and then kooky kooky hmm, i'm gonna go boyton Ooh. i'm gonna go boyton give me the case i love that's interesting I'm gonna go Boyton not only because the draw. It's a it's nah, a it's a it's a healthy draw for him. I mean, dude, he's, he would have Henry Squire second round. That guy, that guy, yeah, is that's not healthy. Well. It's not <laughs> yeah. that healthy by any it's means. True. But just I don't know, man. Adi Adi's a, a good player. He's done very well. He's very confident right now. I mean, he was almost very close to closing out Walton yesterday. He's playing some good ball, dude. He hits random like return winners off of first serves when it matters. And it's, it's just, just stupid. Like, like when he connects with your for his forehand, it's like oh, okay, this point's over. And if he go, you know, he goes, he goes full power on everything, and he's had he has a lot of matches and tennis under his belt as of this week and stuff. So going into that, I think he's, you know, he's going to be pretty dialed in with his, you know, range and stuff. So I don't think he's going to be making that many errors. So that's why. Um, 
I really like the way he plays. So I'm going to go, yeah. So Kova, uh, Blumberg, Boyton, and then uh, Kukerman. Yes, I, I agree, just because of the conditions and stuff. Um, and then five, man. This is tough, dude. This is really tough. It's not easy. Five. Give me a dark horse. And after you give me five, give me a dark horse as well. Okay. Someone no one's right. talking about that we should be. All I know right. you look it up. And, by the way, my list, I mean, it's so like, it's so silly to be like, yeah, Blumberg, Kova, Kukerman, like those are all obvious ones. I think Riffis is peaking right now as well. Like I do think uh, that's, it, that's exactly, dude, you know, I'm going to go with for five. Sam. Just because I, 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 no, just because I think just, I watched him in, in just in real life now for the first time. I think he's clean as shit. I think he's fucking nasty. I'm gonna go with Vashiro. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Habib. That's an interesting one though, as well. That that I think and Vashiro yeah. Strom, we didn't talk about that as a first round matchup. Are you I mean, kidding that, me? That's gonna like, be on that's gonna be inject dude. in the veins. Gustav is definitely gonna be trying to uh kind of subdue the the Vastro power and stuff. Um, but and then dude, Dark Horse, I'm gonna go Matias Soto. Wow, make the case quickly if you don't mind. Soto <laughs> Did the guy? I don't know, man. He's just a stud. He is. Oh, I, did you see what he did yesterday against Monday? I mean, uh, it was incredible. It was match incredible. Point, match points. Loses them because Monday came up with some great shots, and then to hit that inside-out winner, I think against the wind, against the wind, pretty much like three inches in front of the line from the middle of the court was unreal. I, I don't think I've ever seen the guy shank a ball. So he's clean as a whistle. If he's playing his game well, I don't see why not. You know, I don't. But then again. This is he's my dark horse. There's the reason why the other five are are ahead. Yeah, I, they're all good picks. I want to hear yours. I want to hear yours. I mean, you mentioned a lot of names: Blum, Kova. I In mean, that order. By the In way, we didn't talk about Kingsley. Like, if Kingsley beats Blum, I think I would put a Blum slash Kingsley. I don't know why I'm showing you the slash that I'm <laughs> doing, but um, shows you where my brain's at. Whoever wins that match is a contender. Like Kingsley hasn't lost a match, and that forehand is nasty, and he's so decisive. And like, uh, don't take that away from Luke Fomba. Luke yeah, Fomba, Luke Fomba took that from him. No, he absolutely, exactly. He just he beat him. He beat yeah. him on that day. We haven't talked about Duarte, but it's so hard to go from a final of the team to rip exactly. through that. I mean, I can imagine the guy is probably also like like a Boyton situation. Can I give you my guys. dark horse? We haven't Please mentioned go ahead. Alexi, Alexi Galarno. Yeah, why can't yep. Lexi I, win this I, match? I, I, I can feel that. I, I feel that just because I've had a lot of guys. I'm not going to name the names, but a lot of guys <laughs> told me that they think that he's the one of the best college tennis. It was, players I'm going to tell you, I was one of the guys who said that. Like, yeah, I you were can, one of the guys. Yeah. Some, some also some other players as well. But, <laughs> exactly. But um, so I mean, I think the conditions are going to be good for him. In all honesty, I know he's not necessarily a power player, but hey, last time they played, Trent beat him five in the third when they played mm-hmm. NC State. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I don't know if that's going to be the case this time. I mean, they're both similar, similar in game styles. Would you agree? Yeah, very, very fair. Um, so it's just yeah. honestly, it's going to come down to a few points here and there. Yeah, no, it it should be a, a very, very fun matchup. And again, like up and down the roster, good luck picking a winner because all these guys can play. It's really just going to be who's hot on any given moment. By the way, speaking of who's hot, um, it's not. Ex- it's like it is going to be so freaking hot. Uh, in in that you know in that uh in in Orlando just throughout the rest of the week it's gonna be like nineties ninety five and the fact that Blumberg and Kingsley are playing first round at one p.m. like 
just give the middle finger, Tim Russell, to those two guys. Like, why don't you just say, hey, um, it's not Tim Russell, sorry, NCAA. Says, again, words matter, I apologize. But, like, that's a big middle finger to the both of them. And it's kind of bullshit that, that that's – it's just – I mean, it's not kind of. It is bullshit. I'm, ex- I'm a little surprised that there's not uh, more night matches. I mean, I see one, two, I mean, three, three night matches so far on the right side of the draw. And then, yeah, six, six night matches. Six mm-hmm. night matches. That's why. Why not more? I mean, yeah. you put them more towards the end of the day. I mean, you want to see guys out there like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, regardless, it's Florida. You know, it's going to be tough. But, you know, kind of put them a little more towards the end of the day. So it's not like, you know, there's not going to be a factor of like cramping and stuff. You yeah, know? or make them play 8 a.m. No, I mean, for all of these guys, make them play earlier, the better. And like work those outer courts. You have 100 courts at the USDA facility. Let's make them all play early. But I guess TV stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways. Yeah. No, those are all my guys. I think Riffis is a guy who just the better his opponent, the better he plays. That's yeah, like been always playing, been, been. He's been playing well. He's been mm-hmm. playing well. And so, in a few matches, you know. And I just think the left side of the draw is where I'd rather be, to be honest. And he's on that left side. Agree. Rinky, a lot, there's a lot of Rinky love as well. If you ask yeah. enough people, and yeah, like, Rinky, Rinky, he could do it. Any of these guys can freaking do it. What about Braswell? Like Braswell's a stud. Yeah, um, I just Micah's- think it's a year early for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. I don't think I don't think age really matters that much anymore at this stage. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean what Mike is a freshman playing a senior. Well, it's just how much tendency has on yeah. his body. That's yeah, the but thing. I, I've, I think I mean, would you rather be nineteen years old and have forty matches on your body, or twenty two, twenty three years old? That's why I say that. It's yeah, just... probably twenty two, twenty three years old. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, no, I it's mean, again. There's a lot. There's everyone that's in this draw is there Can for a reason. It. Yeah, a hundred. Everyone that's there is there for a reason because there are more clear favorites. In, in our opinions, you know, which I mean, my opinion doesn't really matter for shit. Yours probably does more just because of who <laughs> you are. I'm, I'm a nobody. So, I mean, that's why I, I try to stay away from, you mm-hmm. know, making anything controversial. I'm also not a controversial guy. No, but, opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, every, everyone deserves it. You know, everyone that deserves, everyone that's in this draw has done something right this year and they've done it right from mm-hmm. the beginning to the end. So credit to, to all these guys. And it's gonna be it's gonna be very fun to watch and very very um, very cool to see some mm-hmm. of these first round matches. That's no, for sure, hundred percent. And then last one, and I'm gonna save the women's individual talk for tomorrow, just because again, I don't want to load too much information. I know we're focusing on the finals here. Want to get these podcasts out to everyone, but men's doubles, a lot of good teams. I'll give you my list right now. I think Cernak and Blum are the guys to beat if they play the best. They're winning this event. I think. Kuki and Smith, despite that 7-6 in the third loss to Texas, two out of three sets, good luck beating them. San Colin and Reynolds didn't play great against Baylor, but that's a damn good team when they're peaking. And, you know, again, all of these teams, you're here for a reason. Walton and Harper don't beat themselves. You're going to have to beat them. Who you got? Um, I think I told you this a little bit uh, earlier in the week. Uh, mm-hmm. or actually in our last podcast, I think Blum and uh, Cernok are definitely the team to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like I said, they just gel very well together. Um, don't want to count out my boy, Ty and Trent. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, what they're eight in the country right now, or they were at one point. Um, so I, I'm going to go with, I'm just going to go with Blum and, um, and Brian. Yeah. For, for now, but then also, San Cullen and Reynolds, they've been the number one team in the country for, for a reason. You know, they've, uh, they've, uh, they've done well for themselves and stuff. So 
I mean, they're the one number one seed for a reason. I don't, I'm not surprised if Squire and Nava are going to give them a run for their money in the first round uh, just because of, you know, Squire serve and just the, the ability that Nava has at net, you know, just to kind of put balls away. My dark horse team is going to be Hildebrand and Pavel. Mm-hmm. They, Interesting. They, Interesting. They, uh, they've been playing well together for the last few years. Um, and they seem to gel really well together. Um, but do you want me to give you my top three for doubles or how do you want, how do you want this? Yeah, sure. Give me your top three. I like it. At this point, again, I trust all of your judgments. So whatever you deem fit. I'm going to go with one Blum and and Brian for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, two, I'm going to go with Sven and Connie Franson from Baylor. Just because they've they've also been, they've also been really good. Um and then three Trey and Bogdan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna say them as dark horse. And then my fourth is a dark horse, Riffis and Duarte. Ooh, that is a dark horse. Sincerely, I think I think they've done a, a good job of you know playing well towards the end of the season a little bit better. Um, I think you know obviously that recently they haven't been playing together. But I think they both have a lot of doubles matches under their belt, still having been in the lineup, even though after they after they split. So, yeah, that's 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 what I think. What about you? I mean, yeah, Blumens are not. I just think they're better than everyone else. When they're focused and locked in, they don't lose. And like the prospect of beating them in two sets, let alone you know one set, let alone two, it's tough. I, I feel mean, like sport- if I feel like if sorry to cut you off, but I feel no, like if, please. if 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 it's. I feel like if Blum is off, Sir, Sir, Brian is not going to be. He's not yeah. going to be off. And then if Brian's off, Blum's not going to be. So I just feel like they're both good enough on the doubles court to pick each other up. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really fair. And, you know, again, in terms of – it's so tough. Uh, yeah, it's just – I that, that's a perfect assessment. I would, like, agree with that to a T. But, like, I really like Kuki and Riley. Like, I've seen them play their best, and when they do, it's really good. And I just think we're going to get them hungry. And, like, that's a scary prospect for everyone else out there. So it's fascinating to me uh, to, you know, again, think what is this team capable of doing. But I'm going to go with them. I I do. Or I'm going to go with Blumberg and Cernok because I just think that's the obvious pick. Uh, But, again, there's a lot. I like, you know who's sneaky good? McDaniel and Martin of Georgia Tech. Like, I think think Marcus McDaniel was quietly, like, an outstanding season. And what about Gray and Famba? Like, Gray and Famba smacked uh, who they play, Boytown and Law, like 6-2, and they just took it to them. Franson and Law? Uh, Franson and Law, who did I say? Did I say Sven and, Oh, I thought I said Sven and Law, and I was like, that was pretty fun. <laughs> uh, or how about Aguilar and Thompson? Like, on paper, that's a nasty doubles team. Yeah. Um, But no, give me Blythe. You guys know where I feel about Blumberg. I think listeners are not going to be surprised to hear me make that pick, but again, that's who I'm going to take. Now, of course, again, I, I wanted to offer this to you as our final thing. Men's final, Baylor, Florida. I know you're close with a lot of guys on both of those teams. Your thoughts, your pick, whatever way you're leaning, whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Um, I think I think it's going to be a tough match either way, man. I, I thought, you know, I didn't really know a lot about Florida prior to, you know, this this tournament. Just I don't know where they were at. I know they've been having a really good season, um, but they I feel like they're always they're always good. They're always having a good season. So, but then I saw them play and watched matches in a row, and I think they're they're going to give Baylor a run for their money. I've told you since the beginning, I think Baylor is going to win it. Uh, I still stand by that. Um, I think that doubles is going to be massive in either direction. I think it's going to be some really good doubles matches with what with Sven, 
Sven and Connie at one against who? Duarte and uh, uh, well, no, I think they've changed their doubles team so many. It's Inglitson, I think. I want to oh, say it's Inglitson. Yeah, Duarte and Joe. Duarte and Joe yeah. at one. Yes, you're correct. And then Riffis and, and, and Ben at two. Uh, and then, I mean, Will Grant and Verdusco have been unbelievable the last two matches. Have you seen how quickly they've gotten off the court? So, yeah, it's a joke. And so, I mean, Will's been playing some unreal, unreal doubles, and him and Berdusco have been gelling well. They've been breaking guys early and holding that break till the end and getting off 6-1, 6-2 easy, you know? And they did that yesterday against Texas, mm-hmm. which was impressive. So I think one, two, and three are both kind of stacked in both teams. Yeah. I think it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a swing point in either direction. It's going to be carry a lot of momentum. But then again, I don't think any team, either team is – I don't, I'm putting air quotes on bad because they're phenomenal teams. But Do we have the two best teams in the nation, by the way? Are yes. these the two best? Yes, yes, they are. Yes, they are. And um, I just think they – I agree because I think they have the broadest pathways to four, for the record, is that they can do it in so many different ways, and yeah, that's why they're I, here. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that also if – if either team loses a doubles point, it's not going to be an issue. I really don't think it's going to be an issue to the point like, oh, shit, like we got to – you know – they can both win four matches. I mean, the, whoever wins doubles point will, will obviously have to win three. But the other team that loses doubles point, it's not like it's not impossible for them to to win to win four. Is it very? Is it going to be di- very difficult just because of the magnitude of this final and you know how deep both teams are? Probably, but it's not impossible. So I don't think you know it's going to be a worry. It's nice to have the doubles point. It's a little bit of a luxury to get to three matches before you get to you know four. So. That I'm going with Baylor. Um, nothing away from Florida, but that's just my pick. It's been my pick from the beginning. I'm going to stand by. I don't want to contradict myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Florida has been playing some really good tennis, and so has Baylor. So I'm very excited for this final. To use your word, Florida's peaking, but Baylor's just the best. Like they really are the best team in the country. They've proven it all year long. They don't lose bad matches. They haven't lost a single bad match this season. I guess that to me is like the big takeaway. Because what? Well, who were their four losses? It was North Carolina, TCU, TCU earlier in the year, Texas. Uh, they lost to Texas as well. And then there's one more. There's one more I loss. Think, I think they lost to Texas again, or no? No, but no, I don't. I don't think they lost twice to TCU. I'm going to look that up as we talk. But yeah, again, you talk about this Baylor team. They're just. They're really freaking good, and it's really, yeah. really difficult to beat them. And even in the losses they've taken this year, you know, they they blinked in the doubles point against North Carolina at the indoors. That's why they lost that match. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, uh, the other loss for them this season, Texas A&M. That's what it was, 4-3 oh, okay. on the road. Yes, and, yeah. you know, obviously that was a quarterfinalist team as well. They just they don't lose bad matches, and, you know, this is Woodson's favorite saying, we've won the doubles point and lost. We've lost the doubles point and won. They've won the doubles point and won, and they've lost the doubles point and lost. They've seen it all. And when you have it, the crazy thing is like the strengths of these teams match up, right? Four, five, six to Kojak, Broom, uh, and Furman versus Bicknell, Shelton, who's clearly peaking and Goodger. Like the fact that this match is going to come out down to the top three is the scariest part. But yeah, I made my pick was four, three Baylor because I just think they win the doubles point. I just think they're a little bit steadier than Florida in doubles, but it's a pick them. And again, uh, it has been an outstanding first week of tennis in Orlando. The individual is going to be so exciting as well. I want to give you the final thoughts. Anything we haven't talked about yet? Anything we've missed before I let you go? And also, I hope you remember the phrase from last of time course. because I'm going to ask you to of say course. it again. <laughs> uh, no, I just there's a few matches that I'm, I'm excited for uh, just in the, in the lineup. I think Shelton and Broom. Hello. And, Shelton's and playing I'll, better than him right now. 
yeah, I mean, Charlie's lost his last two matches, three and two and four and two, which, I mean, that doesn't mean anything in my opinion, just because of the way Charlie's been playing. So no shade towards him whatsoever. Fantastic mm-hmm. player. Uh, I mean, Furman at six against Gujar. That's, I mean, how do, how are rallies going to end if Gujar's not ending, if Gujar's not slapping a winner or coming to net, you know, which he'll be doing a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. he'll be coming to net, he'll be trying to be aggressive, but it's going to be tough. Uh, like I said, Shelton and, and Charlie, mm-hmm. but I think, Ben is playing at an extremely high level. And it all started in that third set uh, match with, with Hunter Heck at Illinois. I thought he picked up his game and since then just hasn't stopped. Blaze at four against Stachowiak. Dude, is that is Stachowiak going to be Blaze's first loss? Yeah, Nicky's ready. He's ready for it. I'll tell you I'm, that I'm, much. I'm sure so were the other 30 or 31 players <laughs> that, that, that have played Blaze so far. Were, and so, 23. He's 23 and 0. Yeah. He's not. Nice. Isn't he like 30 and 0? Uh, I'm talking about dual match, dual match. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. from last year too, though. But, oh, uh, you might be right. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I think I think he's like 31 or 30. Yeah, 31 and 0. So if you know, I definitely think that if it's going to be a guy, it can be someone like Stakoviak. I mean, he's, he's rock solid. He's, he's he did well for them for the Baylor Bears yesterday. And he's um, a senior. Three, yeah, three Sven against Andrade. Dude, that's what the hell, man. That's, Sven's playing better than him. Like Sven is finally back. Sven uh, played Sven, so well Sven, yesterday. Sven is back, but also is. Also, Andy. Andy even said yeah, yeah, yeah. In, the, in the post-match interview with, with Mark Bay. I mean, he said that, you know, he's finding his game at the right moments and he's playing his game and he's playing it down to a T, which he said he hasn't really found it all season. He still has had a great season. And now the, to win the match the way he has and stuff, I mean, Seam yesterday, Seam's a tough fucking guy, dude. Yeah. And so to, to do it, you know, he got a little lucky in the end with like two double faults from Seam, but whatever. I mean, Andy's a very good player. So not surprised if that goes three. That yeah. match goes three. Two is going to be who? Soto and... And Griffiths. Sam. Yeah. That's, I mean, battle of the craft. Yeah, exactly. I hope it's three all and it comes down to that match more than anything else. Yeah, that would be a nice three all. Uh, and then that one, Boyton and, and Duarte. I mean, very similar game styles. I think Adi just tries to be a little more aggressive all the time. I think Duarte is a little more... Uh, picky and choosy of when he does it i think he has a he's been serving extremely well this week i mean so has adi but i think you know duarte gives up a little more on the baseline on return games which is fine he does a fantastic job of returning deep and then recovering but it's going to be an interesting contrast to see how adi takes those returns and tries to continue to be the aggressor in the rallies and see if you know that's going to that's going to, i think i think that's going to be a very interesting match and i'm not going to make a pick yeah i, I love adi I, I think you know my Romanian boy, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a pick just because of like the, the style and the contrasting. It's it's gonna be very interesting. Yeah, your pick was four three Baylor. I don't need the yeah. match calculus. Yeah. All I needed was the four three fact out of you. So that's good enough yeah. for me. But you know, again, and sincerely, Banch, you know my thoughts on you. I cannot be more grateful that you took the time to chat. And even when it's not college tennis season, I, you have thoughts on pro players, right? You've met Casper Ruiz. Yeah. You, you've seen yeah. his game once yeah. or twice, and uh, yeah. yeah, so. We're going to have to do this more frequently. As sure. I've mentioned before, it is always a pleasure to get the chance to yeah. chat in sincerely. Uh, again, thank you for taking the time. A shout out once again to all of you listeners, all of you coaches, players, fans who have embraced our college tennis community, embraced what we're doing here at Crack Rackets. It means the world to us. And again, I'm here for the rest. I think now I'm going to be here till Thursday. So if you haven't yet already, come say hello. Two weeks in Orlando, exactly what I needed. I weighed myself the other day. I'm down to 165. That's dangerously low for... Bro, go eat some eat some mcdonald's eat some <laughs> something man yeah i'm gonna go double up i'm gonna go ahead yeah, no i'm going over to boxy park after this i'm gonna go grab right, like good. seven chicken sandwiches and just start like, start pack start packing food man what are you doing to yourself no the thing is it's like 
I had those hot dogs the first I'm just like I can't eat another fucking hot dog and that's yeah. the thing is like I just can't do it and the other problem is I go down there and it's turkey or ham sandwiches and again your boy's a Jew and so it's like I, I'm like I can't and they're like well, they're always out of turkey always out of turkey and it's like well I don't want it's like I guess I'll have a popcorn um and that's like yeah. it and so um no again I'm you see this blueberry muffin right here? You see yeah. this? This is this is gonna be. It's gonna be like seven of those the rest of the way. Right, um, give, give me your address. I'll start having a GoFundMe and start having <laughs> send, send you food. That's- yeah, good. No, I believe you. It's not a. It's not a cheap. Well, it is a cheapness. No, it's just it's a it's a lack of car thing. If I had a car, I would go to Wendy's every night or like McDonald's or whatever's close. I just don't have a car, and so. Yeah. I'm a little bit immobile right now. But anyways, that's enough complaining about me. I'm just, I actually, that was oh, a humble brag of saying I'm down to 165. <laughs> it's beach season. You should see my fucking abs right now. I look <laughs> damn sexy. And again, that's a thought for everyone else. All the water weight has been cut. But again, Banch, shout out to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. And so for my wonderful co-host, Alex Banchilla, for super producers, Daniel Westhoff, Max Fligner, who again had the weekend off, which you can understand. We worked them hard enough. So apologizing for the lack of editing and the, the healthy amount of swearing on my behalf. And from all from our friends at Midwest Sports and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Ruskin. Banch, what do we tell the people? That's the break. And we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.